Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you want to speak to every heart and every life. God, there isn't one of us that knows enough. There isn't one of us that has enough. So, Lord, we invite you by the Holy Spirit to come and touch our heart, touch our mind, touch our life. Lord, I pray that all cares and concerns that might be occupying our minds right now will just be able to take a a side seat for a while as we trust in You for Your goodness and Your blessing. In Jesus' precious Name, Amen and Amen for sure. You know, uh, if you normally are used to getting the notes that we provide on paper for you or uh, the ones on the MetroChurch.online platform, well, they're not available for you today. That's because I woke up in the middle of the night with what I felt was uh, something fresh that God wanted to say. Uh, someone said to me, did God change His mind? I said, no, I just think I heard better at 3 a.m. in the morning. I want to speak to you this morning about the greater purpose of your life. I'd love you to come with me to Genesis 12, verse 1. Genesis 12, verse 1 is the beginning of the story of a man called Abram. God later changes his name to Abraham. At the time when God calls him, he's 75 years old. And his wife, Sarai, who later becomes Sarah. And there's a whole thing about the change of their names and what it represents, but I'm not going to go into that today. But she's 65 years old and they are already quite successful. They aren't coming to God because they're broken and because they've got, you know, a mountain of debt or some other thing like that. He's doing quite well. He's living in a great place with his family. But then God intervenes in his life. You know, I pray that God will intervene in every human being's life. I pray that every single one of us will have a life that's interrupted by the divine. I pray that no matter how great your dreams are and how wonderful your hopes are and how successful you are, I pray that there'll come a moment when the Holy Spirit will interrupt and reveal to you that God's got a greater purpose for your life than the one that you imagined and the one that maybe you've been working on. No matter who you are, God can come to your life as He does to this man, Abram, and listen to what He says. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I'll bless you. Everybody loves that part. He says, I'm going to make your name great. He was the first of the influences. He said, you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse them that curse you. And then he finishes off with a remarkable statement. He says, and in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I want to ask you a question this morning. What if what God wants to do through you and I is far greater than anything we have ever imagined. It's easy to read those couple of verses and to read them somewhat remotely and distantly from 
what it would have felt to a 75-year-old man with a 65-year-old wife, no children. And to hear God come and interrupt your life and then say to you, I want you to leave, but I'm not telling you where you're going. I want you to go on a journey with me. I want you to trust me. I'm going to take you to a place. It's going to be good. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bless you. He would have looked around at all of the wealth that he already had and he would have wondered, what more could I get? I already have more than I need. He had servants. He had employees. He had family. God, what more could you give to me than what I already have? I think very sadly, many people live with the idea that if my life and my wealth and my relationships can be healthy, then somehow or other that's the greatest I can hope for. I believe that for every single one of us, there is something more satisfying than what you own. There is something more deeply and profoundly nourishing than even the best relationships that you have around about your life. I believe that there's this thing called being in the will of God, knowing God, the one who created you, not so that you could just do things and achieve, but so that you could be with Him, so that He could be your friend. The Bible calls Abraham the friend of God, somebody who had a friendship with Almighty God that went beyond I serve you, that went beyond God I know you, that went beyond God I'm learning about you. And I was positioning this man who's somebody, he could say, God is my friend. And more importantly, God said to him, you are my friend. And I think that for every single one of us, that that deep and profound relationship, if you have not yet experienced it, it awaits you. But what if what God has for you is far greater than anything you ever could imagine? You're a man living in the Ur of the Chaldees, which is just a region in the Middle East and not famous for anything. It's not like today where you can, everybody can be an influencer, it seems, pay enough to get enough followers on social media. It's not like that. And he's got a good life. But then God makes this incredible and mind-boggling declaration to him. He says, in you, all the families of the entire earth are going to get blessed. I want you to stop and think about that a minute. What would it be like for God to come to you and say, I'm going to take your life and I'm going to make it so significant that you will not realise how much effect you've had until the day when you leave this earth and you stand before Almighty God. And as the book of Revelation says, He opens the books and He begins to reward each person according to the deeds they've done in His name. And imagine what it would be like to stand there in front of the throne room of God and the angels forming that mighty choir that they are up behind and the sea of glass and the throne that sits upon 12 layers of jewels. 
and all the wonder and the glory and there's no sun and there's no planets because He's the light. And the Lamb sits at the right hand of God. The, the Messiah, Jesus, is there. And then you can your name called and you come up and God announces your name. And then out of the crowd, a voice cries out, they helped me, they reached me, they prayed for me, they gave for me. And hand after hand was to go up and people were to begin to, to quietly begin to murmur, praise to God because you existed and because your life made a difference. Because somehow or other, you said that simple yes to Christ and then He took your life and used it for His glory to do amazing and mighty things beyond anything you ever could have imagined. We all go to and say to ourselves, but I'm not anybody. I'm not anyone special. Who am I that, and so many of the people in this great book that was their response to God. God, who am I? What do I have? Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, said, I'm the most unworthy person on the planet. He said, not only was I a sinner, not only was I a great sinner, but if you follow it through the epistles, he ends up saying, I am the number one sinner there ever was. He said, I was the gold medal champion of sinning. He said, for I not only did all these things, but I persecuted the very church of Jesus. And yet God reached down one day on a road to Damascus in the form of a bright light and a voice that spoke to this man who had only known uh, religion and who'd only known what it was like to feel superior to others and brought him off that horse and humbled him and brought him out of that place to becoming the Apostle Paul that we know today, the writer of a half of the New Testament, the guy who planted churches all through the known world, who, who had marvellous revelation from God, but he got all of that. Who am I? He said. Well, you don't know who you are. None of us know who we are. We think we know our life. We think we know our capacity. And sadly, we shrink God to the size of us. I shrink God to the size of my abilities. I shrink God to the size of my intellect or education. I shrink God to the size of my connections and what I'm able to do. I shrink God to the size of my resources, what I have and what I think I could do. Or even worse than that, I shrink God to the size of my dreams. And then God goes, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I want to do something so amazing and so incredible. I ask you again the question, what if what God wants to do is far greater than anything you've imagined for your life? Some of us will know it this side of heaven. We'll be able to look at somebody that has responded to Christ because of you. Somebody you invited to church and then they gave their heart to Jesus and began to follow Him. Or a prayer that you prayed that God answered. But can I tell you honestly before God, many of us are not going to know even the barest part of it until that day we stand before God. And the voice cries out from the crowd. It was because of you. I don't know, but I believe that there is a greater purpose for your life 
than anything you or I have ever imagined. But if God doesn't do it instantly, or if God doesn't do it in a straight line, I don't know about you, but when I get into my car and I hook up maps and say where I want to go, I want the fastest way. I want the quickest way. I don't want any detours. I don't want any redirects. But I've discovered that God doesn't always treat my life like that. And this man, having heard the voice of God, Abram, get out of your father's house and out of your country into a land that I will show you and I'm going to make your name great and I will bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. But in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. I know that I would have gone out of that rushed home to Sarai and I would have said, Sarai, guess what? Pack your bags, we're off. It's going to be amazing. How much should I take? Oh, don't take much. It's not going to take long. 25 years later, Sarai, now Sarah, is pregnant and gives birth to the son of promise called Isaac. It was a long, quick trip. Sometimes when God doesn't do it instantly or in a straight line, we wonder if He's forgotten us. We ask ourselves, God, was that dream from you? Or did I fool myself? Did I delude myself? Was that just me all along? I am very sure that on the wanderings that Abraham went on because, see, you can go from Ur the Chaldees to the land of Canaan where he ends up. You can go there quickly. It's actually not that far. But God began to make this guy, he wandered around most of the regions. And I'm very sure that there were moments and then when Sarai continually year after year is not able to give birth to a child. I'm very sure that along that journey, there were moments where Abram asked himself, God, did I miss this somehow or other? God, were, were you, was that you back there? Because I've discovered that the memory of a great spiritual encounter will remain well, sometimes when the feeling of the great spiritual encounter has dissipated. I remember what God did. See, I still remember being a 19-year-old young man and encountering the presence of the Holy Spirit in such an incredible way. I remember being in the caravan when the church that I had only met one person from they said, we will pray for you at our church prayer meeting. I said, when's that? They said, Tuesday. I said, what time? They said, about eight o'clock. And a 19-year-old young man who was living in a caravan down the back of someone's house, because it was the only accommodation I could find, knelt down beside a caravan bed with nobody else around. And at eight o'clock, I, I thought you had to kneel to pray, so I knelt. I didn't know what to expect except that See, that church said they'd pray for me. And I knelt down there. I did not know the verse in John's Gospel where he said, He that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But as I knelt down beside that caravan bed with nobody around, I felt waves of what I can only describe of as life and power that started to go out of me like ripples go across a pond. And it continued unabated for I don't know how long. 
but it lasted and it lasted. And I'm not saying God will do that to you any more than He did to me what He did to Saul and Paul. But I do know this, that God's able to touch you. And I do know this, that if He touches you, it's for a reason. And I do know that if you're a Christian, it's not because God just needed another warm body in heaven. It's because He needed a hot soul on earth. It's not just because He needed somebody else to sing His praise, somebody else to be a tither, somebody else to take up a role. It's because He needed somebody who would help to make a difference in this world in which we live. So I know that if it doesn't do, happen instantly or in a straight line, it's not because He's forgotten you. It's because He's got a plan. It's because it's a plan you don't know about. He said, I will take you to a land that I'll show you. Why not just give them a map and let them find their own way? I'll tell you why. It's because God is not so much interested in getting you there as in you learning to trust Him on the journey to there. God is not, listen to me, God is not as interested. That's why some of you will tithe and the next week get a bigger bill than you ever imagined. You go, well, where are the windows of heaven on that? I'll tell you where they are. It's God saying, I want you to trust me on the way. Here's the third thing. My difficulties that I encounter may be a part of the plan. If you read the story of Abraham, my Lord have mercy. It's not an easy trip. He goes on this journey and kings, you know, that he encounters become a problem and he has to leave. Lot gets kidnapped, his nephew. Lot gets kidnapped by five kings and Abraham has to take his servants, his employees and go to war against five kings, overwhelming odds. It's all too big. And all of these difficulties, even while he's still holding in his heart and mind the promise, I'm going to have a son. And every time he encounters a battle, asking himself, God, is this the last battle? Can I tell you what I believe God was doing while he went on his wanderings? I can't prove it, but I think this is what was happening. I think that God was creating an audience for the miracle. I think while God had him wandering around all these kings and places, every one of them knows his Abram and Sarai. They can't have children. And he's 75 and getting older. She's 65 and getting older. And the whole way along on this great journey, God creates an audience so that 25 years later, when Sarah nudges Abraham one morning and says, guess what, darling? I'm pregnant. And then her body begins to show the signs of it as her womb begins to enlarge and swell. And it becomes obvious to everyone that a baby's coming. Don't you know that all the people around about who'd encountered Abram say, wow, the God he spoke about must be powerful. The God who, who called him, wow, how mighty must he be? When Jesus turned the water into wine, he had an audience that God had arranged.
a wedding in Cana of Galilee. When Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, there was an audience. No wonder the Bible says that His fame spread abroad throughout the whole region. Huh? Listen to me, sometimes, are you here with me? Sometimes my difficulties are just creating an audience. Huh? Sometimes my difficulties, all they're doing is creating an audience so when the answer comes, everyone's going, wow, we thought it was done and dusted. Number four. Because we started this series called Grow and Build. The fourth thing I want you to understand here today is that He's growing me. He's not telling me. He's not informing me. He's not educating me. It's not about education. It's about transformation. And I love it and hate it at the same time. I love the fact that it's not a delivery effect. Listen, we have in our hands now, almost all of us, a device that like, I, I, I don't know how many times a week I'll just Google that. I don't know the answer. I'll just find that out. We are drowning in information almost. And we are so lacking in transformation. The greatest thing about coming to church, being in a service in church, is not the information you'll get from the preacher. It's the transformation that happens because you are in a place where the Holy Spirit is there and He starts working on you. And everybody, the person next to you gets something different from the same message than what you got. They go, oh, this is what I, what I heard today and what spoke to me. And you're there going, oh, really? Because I don't remember that. I remember this. See, he's not just trying to give us information. His problem has never been taking you somewhere. It's always been getting a bigger you to there. That's what he's about. I look at some of the challenges that, well, I just think life's full of them anyway. I really do. I, just, I don't know what it's like to live a life without problems. They're just always there. Whatever you're facing, Luke and I, Luke Johnson and I, thank you to the people who've been a part of helping us do that. We were up in Broome this week and I'm thrilled that uh, next month will be the very first of our endeavours up there in the Kimberley, what we're just calling the Kimberley Project. And the team that are up there, and we had a day and a half of just wall-to-wall packed out meetings. But only about Luke, but I come back from that with so hearing so much of the pain and the problems and so many of the twists and the turns that if you're not careful, you could come away going, oh God, well, what on earth do we think we're doing? And yet, I realise that what God's about is not just the delivery of information. It's about making you bigger. Amen. I don't care what problem you're in. If you go through it with Jesus, you always come out bigger. Doesn't matter. Here's number five. It's not persistence that's the key, but persistent surrender. That's the key. It's not just persistence because... We talk about that. There's books. 
written about persistence and resilience. It's almost like the buzzword in 2023. Just hang in there, grit your teeth, be persistent, overcome. And I go, that's all great. I, I believe in it. But I don't see in the life of Abram just a dogged persistence. I see a persistent surrender. Let me read to you out of Genesis 22, verse 16. This is now Abraham and Sarah. And he says to Sarah one day, the Lord has told me to go and worship. I'm taking the boy who's now 12 or 13. He said, I'm taking the boy, our son, the son of promise, I'm taking him with me. And he takes a servant and on the back of the donkey, the servant leads, there's all this firewood. And again, I need to say that this thing as it unfolds has puzzled many people. They wonder, is God cruel? But it, if you follow the story through, he obviously is not. But God says to Abram, I want you to give me back the son that I gave you. After 25 years of believing and trusting and wandering, he says, give it back. When the boy at one point says to his father, Dad, where is the lamb for the offering? What are we going to offer up on this pile of sticks? And Abram says this most amazing statement, prophesying about Jesus, the Lamb of God, without, I think, even knowing what it was he was saying. He says, son, God himself will provide a lamb for the offering. And just as Abram's about to give back to God his son, he looks out the corner of his eye and he sees a ram caught in a thicket of bush. And he takes him there and he hears this. He hears this voice from heaven. God speaks to him and says, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. See, the promise that he gave him in Genesis 12, he said, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Well, that was great and it was a promise of God, but it's not enough to surrender at the start. You've got to surrender all the way along the journey. Amen. People often ask me, and they really do, because I guess they look at me and go, you're not 30 anymore. A couple of people asked me this week, how long you've been doing this? And I go, well, it doesn't really matter to me. It generally doesn't. I don't think about age. I said, the key is not that. The key is to keep saying yes to God. It's not, did you say yes at the start? It's how you're saying yes today. You know, you go, Jeff, I'm at the highest highs. Things are going amazing in the world. But are you still saying, Jesus, this is all yours? He's got the son. 
He's about to enter manhood and become the inheritor of all that his father owns. He's about to be in that place. And God says, will you still say yes? Even if you lost him, will you say yes? It's a remarkable, remarkable story. It's not persistence that's the key, but persistent surrender. Here's the last thing I want to say on this subject that I trust God is using to speak to you in your life is this, that there's a greater purpose than just my blessing. I thank God for it. I thank God over the years I've seen God provide miraculously so many, so many times. Go and ask Rhonda the story of our first house and our first loan and all the issues I've had bank managers laugh at me and say, there's the door. Literally laugh and say, are you kidding? Please. Go and ask her the stories of how over the years God has been so faithful in so many ways. For me, when we sing that song, God, you've been faithful. To me, it's not a song to sing. It's a, it's a page by page history of years of God's goodness. But in all of that, I've realised it's not about how much I have. It's not about what I own. There's a greater purpose to your life and mine. You might never stand on a platform like this. You might never be asked to preach a sermon. You might never be asked to help encourage people to come to Christ. But can I tell you, regardless of where you sit or stand in life, there is a greater purpose to your life than just what you can do, than your job, than your relationships, than your hobbies, than the things that you like. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. The Apostle Paul, yes, that guy, says this to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty like I've arrived, nor to trust in uncertain riches well, they sure are. But in the living God, read this, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. God's not trying to make your life miserable. He does not want or require a vow of poverty. He goes on and says, let them do good, that they might be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. He says, because what it's about is that they store up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. He says, Timothy, help people to understand that what God is about is a greater purpose than this small space called me, than this small arena called my activities of life. You can be a part of changing the future for so many people. Father, we thank You for this morning. I pray, God, that each one of us here, Lord, no matter who we are, would just have a sense, Lord, that there's a greater purpose for our life. If we've been through pain, You want to redeem that pain and use it to bless. If we're in a valley, you want to show us the mountain that sits either side. I pray, God, you'll help each one of us today.
God, more than anything else, we want You in our life. Not the You that religion talks about. The God who controls or the God who stands aloof. But the God we get to walk with every single day. The God who's there with us. God, every one of us want to be able to say, God, would you call me your friend? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness today in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you here in this place, you're like Abram. Abram in Genesis 12, you go, I'm a good person, probably. Well, good compared to some. But I don't know God. And right now, today, you need to hear God call you by name. He called Abram. Abram, he never, he never just said, hey, you. And I may not know your name, but God does. When God called me, it was He spoke to me. There was a crowd of people in the beginning. Thousands were in that auditorium. But it was though I was the only one. I heard Him. This is for you. And I pray that today, each one of you here, if you don't know Jesus, is having a moment where you go, this is for me. God's calling me. Will it be challenging? Oh, I hope so. Will it be interesting? You better believe it. Will it be wonderful? Absolutely. Father, I pray for each person who needs to say yes to you today. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and I'm the only one looking around, but if you say to me today, Jeff, would you pray with me today? Jeff, I'm here in this auditorium, I'm here at church this morning, but I don't really know God and I'd like to. Would you just lift your hand and then put it back down? I'll see it, I'll pray with you this morning. I won't embarrass you. That's not the way we do it here, but I'd love the opportunity and the privilege to pray with you. Let me just look up in the balcony, of course, as well. Thank you over there, God bless you. Yep, I see you. Is there anybody else just wherever you are? Thank you for lifting your hand. I believe God will touch your life in a profound way today. So Jeff, uh, I kind of know about God. Well, I'd say that's great. But that's not the same as knowing Him. Is there anyone else? Just quickly. Don't be shy. You can say yes to God. You say, Jeff, I've got too many doubts. I'd go, well, the best place to bring them is to Him. Father, we thank You for this morning and for that person who said yes and the others that will. Lord, as they simply say to You, Jesus, I need You in my life. I want to walk with You. I'm asking You to come on the inside of me and help me today. I thank You for the reality of what You will do in them. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. 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 Let's sing this song together. I want to give you a moment. Some of you might need to respond this morning to God where you are. Thanks, team. Some of you might need to respond to God right where you are just by saying, Lord, I need to persistently surrender. Or some of you are going to go, God, I've been so stressed out about these difficulties. Little realising you were just creating an audience. Some of you are going to go, well, God, I've never lived with a sense of purpose. I just thought the biggest purpose was getting ahead. 
the biggest purpose was enjoying myself. God, now I see there's something greater and I want to let you have free course in my life. You do that while we're seated. Just close your eyes and say to the Lord, Lord, this is what I'm doing today. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, Lord, all my life. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able, yeah I will sing of the goodness of God Amen. Any minute we'll stand and we're going to sing together the, the bridge. Is it called the bridge? Is that the, your goodness? Is, is that a bridge? That's right. Oh, I keep learning all the time. Hey, you know, the cafe will be open out there. Pastor Ray and Kate are going to be at the prayer space as you leave. If you need prayer for any need in your body, your family, your finance, go see them. Pastor Bruce is ready to do ministry time online. Don't forget tonight at five. I'd love it if you'd come and pray. We're going to be praying for the Kimberley. We're going to be praying week after next is a huge week at Transform Cambodia. And uh, it'll be a special week packed full of all kinds of gatherings. I think it's the first, is it? Gathering of all the senior pastors or lots of them in, in Phnom Penh. That will be a very impacting morning. So uh, we're gonna be praying for that tonight amongst a whole lot of other stuff. Come on, let's sing together this part before we go today.